am joined now by RNZ Business Editor Giles Beckford. Tinakwe, Giles. Kira Charlotte. Whether affected businesses can access a new low interest loan. Indeed, from the ANZ, which has set up a $250 million fund to support business customers who were affected by the extreme weather. Now, the Business Regrowth Loan Scheme will be available to eligible customers. They can borrow up to $300,000 at a special fixed rate of 3.49% a year for up to three years. The loan will initially be available to existing businesses and agri-customers who were affected by this year's severe weather in the North Island. ANZ's Chief Executive, Antonia Watson, says the bank's worried about how some customers are planning their recovery. We're concerned that some um, some in the horticulture and agri-industries are just thinking, you know, we can, we can work our way through this with cash flow, well, we don't need to get any new debt. And actually sometimes a capital outlay up front is just going to help you recover faster. So people that are looking to the future, wanting to have some certainty over, the, uh, over their borrowing costs, to be able to have that initial capital outlay to help them with the regrowth is the target market here. Antonia Watson says the business regrowth loan scheme will be extended to include future severe weather events as they increase in frequency because of climate change. She says it's a first for New Zealand banks. I think it's just a realisation that having a bespoke scramble around each time there's a weather event thinking how can we how can we be involved and how can we help, this is actually something that's enduring that we'll be able to take off the shelf next time that, you know, I'd love to think there isn't a next time, but if there's a next time that we have an event like this, we've got it there ready to go on the shelf and people have that certainty that this is one, you know, one. it's usually one piece of the pie, but this is one thing that would be available for them to help with the recovery. Well, ANZ says the interest rates are subject to change and they'll be reviewed when a new severe weather event is added to the loan scheme. And more details on this in the rural news after the 12.30 news headlines. A takeover bid for Metro Performance Glass is being made by two of its major shareholders, Vulcan Steel founder Peter Wells and veteran investor Peter Masfan collectively own 25.1% of Metro Glass and they've agreed to work together to acquire all or a substantial part of Metro Glass through a scheme of arrangement. Ananzaki has more. Messrs Wells and Masfin have made no statement explaining the motivation or reasoning for their combined bid. However, in recent years, Metro Glass has struggled with softening demand, high prices, supply chain disruptions and a softening construction sector. It's also had a high debt level and over the past year, it's moved to cut costs and jobs, written down the value of assets and looked to sell its Australian operations. Last financial year, it posted a loss of more than $10 million, mostly write-downs, although its underlying earnings doubled to nearly $12 million. However, in recent years, it's been a one-way slide for its share price, which peaked at $2.30 in 2016, but was just 15.7 cents before it was put on a trading halt this morning. And a statement is expected from Metro Performance Glass sometime this afternoon. Three players in the electric vehicle charging network are cooperating to streamline charging from the top to the bottom of the country. ChargeNet is developing a new app which would allow for payments to be handled at both its own and some of its rivals' charging stations. Zed Energy and Counties Energy Limited, which operates Open Loop, are coming on board as well. 
ChargeNet Chief Operating Officer Martin Miles says, ideally this will eliminate the need for consumers to download multiple apps. I recently just went on a road trip from Auckland to Wellington um, using multiple different networks. I had to use different apps to be able to access the charge point. With this initiative, we'll be able to just use the one app, um, as simple as that. We're redeveloping our app to incorporate other people's charge points, in this case, Dead Energy and OpenLoop, into our app so you can access it from one application. Instead of beforehand having to download multiple apps to roam across different networks, this really is making it a lot simpler um, to get on the road and charge. This is the future. Um, we know our customers want this and we've listened to them and we want to build a product which they're going to be loved using and you know, love to be an EV motorist. At Chargenet, we're committed to doubling the size of our network in the next three years and so are our peers as well. So as with the growth of EVs on the road, as with the charge points that are going to be installed. So this is actually going to be a great initiative to make it easier to access all these new charge points being installed. Martin Miles says the new app will be available from next January, with the project receiving support from the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Authority. It's just gone 20 minutes past 12. You're listening to Business on Midday Report. Well, progress on achieving global gender equality is languishing, with a new report estimating women will not attain parity with men for another 131 years. That's the year 2154. The World Economic Forum says the overall gender gap and equality measure across economy, politics, health and education closed by just 0.3% in the past year. New Zealand's one of nine uh, countries amongst 146 that were measured to close at least 80% of the gap. They sit alongside Iceland, Norway, Finland, Sweden and Germany. Iceland was named the most gender-equal country for the 14th year in a row. World Economic Forum Managing Director Sadia Zahidi says progress has been disrupted by the pandemic, but education is a key driver of progress. There has to be a big focus on getting more women into STEM education and into STEM professions. There has to be a big focus on seeing care as an investment, elder care, health care, child care. And there has to be a big focus on ensuring that companies are truly looking at the full set of talent that's available to them. Because despite all of these statistics, women still remain the majority of those that are graduating from university, which means that the highest skilled talent in the world is still women. That's Sadia Zahidi of the World Economic Forum. Well, time to have a look at the financial markets. I'm joined by Malika King of Craig's Investment Partners. Kia ora to you, Malika. Kia ora, Giles. Well, it wasn't a happy start to the week yesterday for the local share market. How's it looking today? Well, look, we've eked out a very small gain this morning on the NZX50. We're up five points at 11,944 points. Just looking at the top 10, A2 Milk's up one cent at $5.59. Auckland Airport's down two and a half cents at $8.28.5. EBOS is down 10 cents at $37.90. Fletcher Building's up six cents at $5.53. Fisher & Paykel Healthcare's down 17 cents at $24.41. Infratil's down three cents at nine eighty seven. Main Freight's up 14 cents at 72.09. Meridian's up 2 cents at $5.42. Ryman's up 2 cents at uh, $6.97. Spark's up 2 cents at $5.03.5. And Steel and Tube, after their earnings guidance upgrade, um, is up 4 cents or 3.5% at $1.17. What's the headline opening looking like for Australia? 
There are a small small uh, negative there. They're down nine points on the All Lords at seven thousand five hundred and three points, with miners and energy stocks stocks driving that down a little. Which takes us to the currency. How's the Kiwi looking? So we're buying sixty three point two six US cents, ninety two point seven seven Australian, forty eight point three eight pence, fifty six point two eight euro cents, eighty seven point eight five yen, and four point five four yuan. Which leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. Nightday bank bills are at 5.655%. The five-year swaps at 4.63% and the 10 years at 4.475%. Brent crude $78.71 US a barrel and spot gold is $1,955 US an ounce. Thank you very much. That's Malika King from Craig's Investment Partners. Just a couple of other snippets of business news this lunch hour. The Countdown supermarket chain is getting a makeover including a new name, which is Back to the Future. For nearly next year, the chain will revert to its former identity, Woolworths, and that matches, of course, the name of its Australian owners. The company says it's planning a $400 million program over the next three years to upgrade old stores, revamp the loyalty program, and expand its online offering. And uh, as Malcolm mentioned there, Steel and Tube are a solid rise for them. They've raised their full-year earnings guidance uh, because of good performance despite tight economic conditions. They're now expecting underlying annual earnings of between 52 and $53 million compared to the previous guidance of 48 to $52 million. And finally, former high-profile businessman Eric Watson is facing bankruptcy action after failing to pay close to $60 million to his former investment concern, the Cullen Group. The group's liquidators say they've instructed lawyers to start proceedings against Mr. Watson after he failed to abide by a court order to pay the amount of the collapsed company. He's uh, been battling in recent years claims from former business partner Owen Glenn and the Inland Revenue Department.